Welcome back to another episode of the Know Your Power podcast. I'm your host, Julia Renee. And today, guys, you actually get to listen in on a conversation that Maddie Forberg, Kendall, and I had on Maddie's podcast, FICO. And this episode was truly incredible because we started off with the intention of talking about motivation in the gym and then went to completely different topics. And it was so good and so valuable. It was like the best girl chat that you could ever be a part of. So here it is. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello, everybody. I'm Maddie Mad Dog Forberg, and welcome back to the FIO podcast, the podcast dedicated to breaking down the stigma that everyone has it figured out but you. So let's figure it out together. Today is very special. I have two wonderful guests with me today. If you guys want to introduce yourselves. I am IFBB Pro Julia Renee. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I am non-IFBB Pro, but still a wellness competitor, Kendall Graboff. These ladies are so amazing. They have their own podcast together where they talk about embracing your power. I think it's such an awesome message that you guys bring that out into the world. Um, I'd love to have another episode one day where we get into how you guys both embrace that and how you guys want to put that out into the universe because we don't have enough of that, especially as women. Like we are taught to be small and, you know, not make a scene. And so I think it's so powerful that you guys are teaching people to do that. Yeah. There's so many things that are stripping our power away and we're not doing anything to bring it back up on the regular. I know I wasn't for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And I just podcasted with them on theirs and the way that you guys hyped me up and appreciated the things that I accomplished was, it was so meaningful. I'm sure not a lot of people get that. And you guys stopped me multiple times and said, no, this is a big deal. This fucking matters. And it's so cool to have women that want to celebrate each other's uniqueness and accomplishments. Yeah. I feel like it's hard to find. And that's why I'm so like grateful for the friends I do have. And the fact that this podcast is bringing like new friends in where it's just like an ever growing, like powerful woman dynamic. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so huge that this is like we're stepping forward into the world with that kind of energy. Agreed. Um, so today, instead of doing a full-on interview, we were talking about some things that we have in common right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a very important thing is training motivation and how that comes and goes in waves and how we're not always a thousand percent dedicated or mot- motivated to get shit done. And that's fine. That's normal life. So to start, how about uh, we go through and talk about where you're at in your training right now, like what your past has been. Um, Obviously, we know, Julia, that you are a pro, but Kendall, it sounds like you've been competing for a while, and I'd Mm -hmm. love to hear your story there. Yeah, um, I mean, it took a long time to get to where I currently am, and I started competing. My first ever show, my first ever prep, I was 16 years old. My first ever show, I was 17. Oh, my gosh. um, Which is, yeah, like very, very young to to start restricting everything very soon. Um, I started in bikini for NPC, And then realized very quickly that my legs were too big. And I was like, well, damn, I don't know if I'm ready or willing to go figure. Um, So I shopped around other federations. I ended up doing WBFF bikini, which is like a slightly fuller look, um, which was so fun. By the way, that federation is like very... It's kind of like more beauty pageant Yeah, it's very glamorous. <laughs> I know. And like my, I've always been a tomboy. My inner girliness like loved that. Um, so I did that for a little bit. And then when wellness was announced, I was like, I fit in a category. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. um, so I started training so aggressively towards that. So through those years there, I feel like I was pushing myself to my limits every single year. Training intensity was at a hundred. My nutrition was at a hundred. Like I was so regiment, which is like awesome for me then. Um, but I feel like I burnt out now by the age of 21 where I'm like, well, fuck, I've just spent like six years killing myself over this sport. I need a break. <laughs> and even before that, she was a competitive gymnast. And I've done so many different so, like, sports. <laughs> you've been going ham for years. Yeah. So it's expected to like lose motivation and yeah. like training. I feel like everyone hits burnout in something they do at some point or another. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this was the first year. It's not even that I hit burnout uh, after I'll try to make this brief ish because I could elaborate for hours. Um, After my last show was the first time I struggled with binge eating disorder Mm -hmm. and I was battling for like a good six months of like binge eating, overcompensating by like restricting super heavily and just like abusing laxatives, just like everything. So and that's when when you were talking about on our podcast your lowest point ever mine was like a year ago today like last october 
was rough and like mentally, physically, all the above. And that made me resent the sport of bodybuilding so much and be like, that's why I'm, I'm going through this is mm-hmm. because, because my prep was so hard and then like whatever it was, I was trying to like find excuses for it. Um, and I feel like having that low point of like, I hate bodybuilding. I'm never doing it again. Like that, that mental then made me look at the opposite and realize like why I loved bodybuilding and like why I appreciate it. And it did get me to where I was at the time. And then this whole year I've spent trying finding things that I love about the gym again, because at Mm. that time I had hated the gym and I was like, let's try to find new outlets. So I switched gyms to a more like athlete type gym where everyone was like a runner or football players. A lot of like NBA people go there. It's just like a, like a hub for athletes. And Mm. I, I started doing more like squat jumps and like band cool. work like shit I never did before because I've been doing bodybuilding for so long um so this whole year I've been experimenting with like different styles of training what do I like what do I not like and I came back to my roots like a month ago and I was like I miss bodybuilding like I miss yes. training like a bodybuilder I miss pushing myself in weights and I've always trained kind of like power builder-esque mm, okay. where I like setting max goals or like hitting new one rep maxes or PRing on things like that just feels good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so focusing on strength again. So it, I feel like I've been all over the map this whole last year on like what what fitness looked like to Finding me. Finding your way back yeah. to bodybuilding. Yeah, and then yeah. like ultimately I was like, I still love this shit. It just took me a while of trying other things mm-hmm. to realize I love this shit. Yeah, and I, I don't even think that, you know, you stepping away from it meant that you weren't in love with it. I yeah. think this is such a roller coaster and bodybuilding is a lifelong thing it's um not even if it's a lifelong thing it's a long-term thing it's not something you it do should for a year be. Very, yeah and <laughs> but it isn't to most people yeah. right <laughs> yeah. yeah so you're gonna go in those phases where it's not your favorite thing and that's that's totally fine yeah um what was the reason that you switched from um or maybe not switched but transitioned from doing gymnastics and then wanted to do bodybuilding so young I was I quit gymnastics pretty early on I've done a lot of weird sports um Actually, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't even thought about that. So I I transferred, I was telling Julia actually today, I, did, I went to three different high schools. I went, I'm from New York, moved oh. to Pennsylvania temporarily, and then moved to Houston and graduated from a high school in like Katy, Texas, Houston area. And by the time I got here, I was like, I, it's not even worth trying to make friends. Like I was already so much a loner. I like, I never had girlfriends until Julia. Like she was literally oh, my first Julia. like female best friend. <laughs> um, so I was just always very alone. And the only reason or ability, testament to Christian Guzman was Alphalete saved me like completely. Like I would go before school, after school. I would go do two a days every day. I didn't even have my, my license. My mom was driving me. Wow. Um, like, Your mom's nice. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, this was like the old, old Alphalete. It was like the OG one. And it was like a tiny community. And like yeah. those became my friends. So I would like, I I would look forward to leaving track practice because I was a pole vaulter through high school. I was looking forward to leaving practice to go see like my real sport, my real friends. And, and that's what introduced me to competing in general was like everyone in there was getting so lean in the summer. And I was like, wow, you guys are all like fucking jacked. Cause I don't think I'm sure it's prevalent and I just wasn't aware because I was so young, but like in New York, bodybuilding isn't as big, obviously, as like Texas, California. Texas is fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I think that was just the introduction to it and being around an atmosphere where I felt welcomed. Like I, I felt like I never fit in in school. So it was like a cool outlet where I was like, oh, these people like, are motivating me and they believe in me and like I'm not used to having that. So like the the sense of community is why I switched. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Julia? What was um, your initial going into bodybuilding like for you? Because I know you've done a lot of things. I know you've done wrestling, which is yeah. so badass. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I was a wrestler from 15 to 18, and I usually tell people this. I'm like, weirdly enough, wrestling is very similar to bodybuilding in the way that like you have to cut down to a specific mm. kind of goal. So for wrestling, you cut down to a weight class, and for bodybuilding, you cut down to a look. Mm-hmm. So I have been restrictive dieting since I was like 15. And, um, like for competitive reasons, like restricting for a competition or something. So I did that, did two a days, loved it, did cross country in the morning so that I can build my stamina for like on the mat. Then I would do wrestling practice. I was the only girl. So like guys either wanted, like guys didn't want to wrestle me because if they got beat by me, they looked like a pussy. If they (laughs) won, they looked like an asshole, which I totally get. And then 
once I started getting like really serious about it because the men coaches weren't taking me seriously because they didn't know, like, like, I don't know what to do with this. It's like when you're a parent, you have a baby and you're like, what do I do with this? (laughs) They didn't know how to coach a woman. So Mm -hmm. they brought on a woman who's like a badass, and she was born in Austin, Texas, 110 pounds stronger than me. And I was like 15 pounds heavier than her at the time. And she was what brought me to like state level competitions to where like my first state competition, like competition ironically was in Austin, Texas. And now this is where I live. But yeah, I was training insane, insane, insane. And a lot of expectations were put on me as well because I was getting to the level like where I was getting offers from colleges. And at that point I was like, whoa, bro, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to live this lifestyle forever. And I told Kendall this yesterday, like one day I literally just threw a match because Mm. I was done. And when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah, and it's decided. right. It's yep. right then and there. I've beaten her a million times, and I just threw the match and got kicked out of the tournament because I think it's if you lose twice, you're out. Mm. And yeah, I was I was done. And then I went and did something completely opposite. I was a hairstylist and just kind of lost myself through that. Mm. And I think that you get to those points where you kind of like reach your limit, and that was my limit. And I was like, fuck, I'm done. I remember how excited I was to go to practice and I enjoyed it. And I loved the grit. I loved the grind. I loved the struggle. And then I got pushed way too far, way too hard. And I just fell and I Mm. fell off. And what was resonating with Kendall's story with me is like, I remember going back into the gym after being off of lifting for years and how excited I was to go. Mm Oh my God, I couldn't wait to get off of the salon and just go to the gym. All my friends were like going to a wine bar. They were Mm. going out to eat and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to the gym. And I like barely had any friends at the gym. I like a couple of people that was like, hey, what's up? Like we would all go at the same time. But you're right. It's like a community of people that all have like a similar goal. And I was so excited and like back to like the motivation thing. It's like. I've lost that Mm -hmm. because that's one thing that bodybuilding does. Bodybuilding can strip you of your love for the sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the, for the, for the, just the lift. Because it's it's a job. Yeah. You're doing it as a job. You're doing it because you have to, you're doing it because there's a competition, there's an end goal. Mm -hmm. And we forget why are we actually doing this? Remember back to the reason why you started doing this for the release, for Mm -hmm. the grind, for the grit, for the confidence, for the stress, And we forget all of that. And it's just for a look. It's for a trophy. It's for a date in which we're going to step on stage and have someone judge us and say, yes, you're worthy. Yes, you're not. Right. And I think like you guys both were saying about that excitement of getting back into the gym again, enjoying the novelty. Like this Mm -hmm. is so new. And then the further you get into bodybuilding, nothing's new and shiny anymore. Like Mm -hmm. you've been told what's wrong. You've been told what you need to improve on. And that like shiny flashy thing of like, this is exciting new stimulus. I'm growing so much because I'm starting over. I'm Mm -hmm. doing this for the first time. You don't get those instant rewards as much. Um, Mm -hmm. So during that time, what was your like conception of training? What was like, your training style, I guess, or your thoughts around training when you first started back again. Oh man, I was tracking everything. I'm very anal. Anybody who knows me knows this. And I was about, I want to say at that point I was like 119 pounds. I was Mm -hmm. really, really, really thin. I didn't eat. And I'm telling you for like two years into my first training, I didn't eat a single thing off of my meal plan. It was that strict that meticulous i documented every gram of anything back that I when ate. i would like measure my veggies to a t it was <laughs> insane and to the point where like people started like nah julian ain't gonna eat that but i didn't care i was so excited about it i tracked every single weight that i did i i would do the weights and since i was embarrassed i would go back into the gym locker room and i would write in my journal and be like okay last week i did this much on lateral raise this week i did 12 pounds which is two pounds more than last week it's <laughs> all exciting and yeah. i was so excited and now i'm just like Yeah, it's like, because I've just been doing it for so long, but I know myself and I know that these things come in seasons. We have seasons where we push and we have seasons when we pull back. And sometimes we need that Mm -hmm. for our mental and especially our physical health. Because when you go through a bodybuilding prep, mentally, you're, you're fried. Mm -hmm. Physically, you're fried. So every time that I get off of the stage and I've spent five months prepping for one day, I don't work out for a while. And I told y'all, them to today, I was like, 
I hit, I worked out twice this week and it's Friday. Yeah. And I'm okay with that right now. I used to not it's, be though. It's so hard to get to a place with being okay with that because I think especially like social yes. media glamorizes constantly having your shit together, constantly like going a hundred and like doing everything you can. And like no one ever talks about, which is why I appreciate that you're making this the topic of the pod. No one talks about that. We need breaks. Like you will burn out. You will experience times of not being motivated. And the fact that no one else sheds light on it makes you feel like you're going crazy. And you're yeah. like, everyone else is going a hundred percent. Like am, is something wrong with me? And it's mm-hmm. like, no like everyone has those those fluxations of like being super into it and being super motivated and then sometimes like you want to spend a week just like chilling let your Mm -hmm. body rest like our bodies need rest and like appreciate rest so much like this is the first year like I said where I'm not like pushing a bulk or pushing a prep and my body's loving it like this is being yeah Mm -hmm. this is the most confident I've been it's the best I felt in my skin and I'm eating like candy when I want to eat candy like (laughs) old Kendall would be like what the fuck like I wouldn't even eat fruit because I had too much sugar we had some sour gushers on our drive yeah I ate the whole bag with no shame and then I had a great pump like that Mm. shit felt good compared to like constantly restricting restricting and like feeling like you have to be perfect it's like totally okay and normal to not be perfect Mm. and I know like prep is that time and place where like you need to be 100 there's a time and place yeah because you'll you'll resent if you don't give your prep that 100 right. but i think when you're in off season or maybe taking a look at like do i want to continue competing is this something i want to keep doing like when you're kind of analyzing give yourself that full-on break like if right. you don't it's gonna come at a time when you don't want it to come you're gonna be mid prep and miserable exactly right you're gonna end up resenting the thing that you love so much yeah and you're going to be upset, like, how did this happen? Mm. Like, I let this happen. Exactly. Right. Kendall, when you were really enjoying your training, what were you doing uh, that you aren't really doing right now? Um, I feel like I just, it was all how I was viewing it. I don't think anything has actually changed. And again, I'm, tra- I'm, I'm loving training again right now. It just took, like, this whole year to get there. Um, I feel like it's how I was viewing it. I used to view the, the gym similar with, like, excitement and new mm-hmm. and, like, and like all these goals I was working towards. And that's why I always liked bodybuilding is it gave you a set date and something to work towards. And Mm. now not having a set date made me feel lost. So I just started viewing it as like a, oh, I have to go to the gym or like, well, it's my job now. Like I can't just stop working out. Like Mm -hmm. not that I would ever actually stop, but like Mm -hmm. allowing myself to have those breaks didn't feel like an option at all. Um, So honestly, training style, I tried a bunch of different things, but nothing really changed. I think the only thing that changed was my viewpoint of it. I used to view it from a place of like, I love doing this and then I started hating it and now I'm back to a place where I'm learning how to love it again Mm. yeah I think like one of the biggest things that changed for me was literally just how I worded things it's I can do this yeah I don't have to do this Mm -hmm. so for so long it was like I have to hit legs three times a week I have to go do my cardio and yeah for a season in prep, you have to do that shit Mm -hmm. yeah if you want to show up the best that you can but in my off season I can And that's Mm -hmm. so empowering to like, you have the choice back. It's back. But you're still choosing, like when you're bodybuilding prep, you're still choosing that. Yeah, you can choose not to show up I think it's also a reminder for like the people that have been doing it for years are usually the ones experiencing the burnout and we're lacking motivation. We've been doing this for years. We have so much muscle maturity. We're not going to lose it overnight. Like giving yourself a break doesn't mean that you're just going to lose all your progress, lose all your muscle, get like over, like gain body fat like it's not gonna happen as quickly as I think we think it will because we're not n- newbies anymore mm-hmm. we've been doing this for so long yeah and since we're not newbies and we don't have that like excitement of like oh how do you properly do a lateral raise like yeah. how do I <laughs> yeah. hit my rear delts like I just figured that out you know and it's mm-hmm. like there's things that are exciting when you first start and then now you might be listening to this podcast and you're like I've kind of I don't have that excitement anymore so how can you find excitement in the gym again with different Different things that are more exciting like try different workouts mm-hmm. maybe if you're not in bodybuilding prep and in a cutting phase and that's your goal have a PR hit right. that you exactly. want to do for yeah. squat for deadlift for there's other things that you can do to make it exciting and to spark that excitement even like for you you're doing jujitsu now like you're probably like fuck like it's fun to go yeah, do that right and Kendall she kind of went through a little roller coaster of like trying different training things and it brought her back to the excitement of training again yeah. Like being back, I feel like I'm almost new again. That's awesome. Yeah, because I haven't been training this way in so long. That's so cool. Um, Something that I talk with my clients a lot about 
um, and this kind of can transcends training and can go into other aspects of life is creating different metrics of success. Mm -hmm. Um, because in bodybuilding, in our prep, we're like, if I see more lines, that's successful. If I see uh, lower weight on the scale, that's successful. If my logbook is improving, that's success. These are the three ways that I'm gauging that I'm doing a good job. Mm -hmm. um, now with some of my clients, I ask them to create other metrics of success, even like what was my mood going into and leaving the gym? Mm. Did I have, you know, good tempo with my exercises, my technique, um, but also like did I feel good? You know, all these different ways to tell yourself that these things also mean success outside of how I look. Um, and I think it's really important to journal that. Like, Julia, you have that journal on Amazon. Yeah, quick we'll plug. Link. Quick plug. Know <laughs> your power plug. journal. Yeah. Yep. I think that stuff is so important because we can so often forget how we're feeling. And like you said, where we hate the gym. But probably during that time period, you might have had a really good lift where you're like, this is actually why I love this shit. Like yeah. I had a really good leg day. This is why I'm here. But then, you know, a week goes by, we have another bad lift or we don't feel motivated. And we're like, I have felt like shit for months. I just hate it. This is not good. Mm -hmm. um, so having different ways of like feeling successful, I think is really important. Uh, is there anything that you guys do as friends going through the off season, going through these changes that you do to support each other um, during these times where you're kind of questioning your goals or, or how you feel? Yeah, I think mainly like we just talk about it. Like just communicating. we've been having conversations lately about just this in general. I'm like, like where we can't really see what's coming next. And obviously none of us can see what's coming next. We can't predict the future. I can't predict whether I'm going to want to do bodybuilding forever. I know that I love it right now, but I don't know what's to come. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, it's like, okay, well, what do I do with that information? And the future is just yeah i think just having know. an outlet to talk is is all a lot of people need um i've always been like a big communicator i'll just speak my mind always mm -hmm. um so if it's not my mom it's like now julia where i'm just like expressing like hey this is how i'm feeling and having that reassurance of like hey i'm also feeling something similar just in like a different way it, it makes me feel less crazy and then i feel like it's it's always authentic. I would never like hype anyone up unauthentically. But Julia comes to me and she says like, "Oh, I'm comparing myself to this, or I'm not motivated right now." And like, I feel like as a friend, it's my job to remind you like you're a badass bitch. Like mm -hmm. you can do and will do anything. And like I'm here for you. And like I feel like it's important to remind your friends or just people, family, whoever it is, just people in your life, even clients that like, Hey, you're not alone. Like mm -hmm. if you are ever feeling any sort of negativity or doubt or anything, like you can come to me. Like yeah, right. sometimes people aren't good at reaching out themselves. Sometimes you need to kind of pry it out of them. Um, so I feel like if you, if you realize that your friend, family member, whoever it is, is, is maybe going through an off period in the gym and mental health, whatever it is, I feel like just being that one to reach out and be like, mm -hmm. Hey, are, are you good? Or like, Hey, I'm feeling this. Are you also feeling that just right. like creating the discussion I think yeah. is important. I mean, that's the only reason we had this podcast today yeah. because Kendall and I were open with each other that we haven't been that motivated. We're like kind of lost with like what we've been doing. We're trying to get back. Then we told Maddie that's how we were feeling. And she's like, yo, bro, me too. And that's why we had this yeah. podcast. It's just like being vulnerable with the things that you think are shameful that you mm -hmm. should feel guilt from connects you to other people. Yeah. Someone of, listening might not have that friend that they can talk to. Exactly. And I feel like even if like, that's why I love podcasting so much now is like, even if this hits one person's ears and they're like, oh, wow, that changed my perspective on like, I was being too hard on myself. Like that's all I ever want from like social media in general. 100%. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you guys do to support each other as friends and competitors? I think also as far as like the competitiveness and like friend wise we definitely whenever we work out together we do not expect anything less than what they're capable of because mm. i'll try to quit kendall will try to quit but we don't let each other yeah. quit yeah. Yeah. and like look some people don't have those kinds of workout partners but like if you do find them like expect the best from your friend because mm -hmm. you would hope that they would do that for you like i want maddie to level up i want kendall to level up mm -hmm. you guys make me want to level up just your energy and your aura makes me like oh shit like let's go do some stuff yeah. mm -hmm. so giving them the space to basically show up to their power is like the best way that I can put it. And 
the way that we're, I love sharing how I feel about food with Kendall because both her and I have struggled with binge eating disorders and Mm -hmm. like that goes along with motivation Mm because sometimes when you're just like in one of those episodes, you're like, fuck, I feel so deep in this. Like Mm -hmm. how you feel alone. Yeah. Yeah. You feel super alone. And it's crazy too, because when Kendall was talking about the time she was at her lowest with binge eating, I was too. Mm. but and we, we didn't we talk never to talked each about other it. Yeah. and I literally yeah. texted her one time and went bro where'd you go because I disappear when I deal with mental health and stuff. then she was yeah. like oh wait uh, this I is forgot happening. she was yeah. there I forget she's there sometimes she forgets I'm there sometimes because it's hard mm-hmm. yeah. to say yo like I don't want to go to the gym yo I'm struggling with food it's hard to vocalize it it is really hard but like finding someone that you can have that safe space with and it's literally short-term uncomfortability for long-term mm-hmm. happiness. Like that right. uncomfortability you're getting in your gut of saying like, I'm struggling with portion control. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like just let it out. That other person is most likely, if they're a good person and somebody that you should have in your life is going to be like, bro, me too. Yeah. Like fucking or let's I'll, talk about it. Try to understand. I was oh, going to yeah. say also like something that I feel like Julie is really good about is reminding like us and our, our other friends, we were saying we do photo shoots a lot. Like it's fun for us. Like our favorite days are like, we'll just get together, dress up, do our makeup and like take photos, awesome. whether it's at the gym or like on a rooftop, whatever it is. Fun. And she noticed that all of us, including herself, including we go, me. we'll look at the photos. Oh, I look like shit. Oh, why do I look like that? Oh, my legs look bad. And she sat us down <laughs> and said, you guys need to stop. Well, you included yourself. Yeah. We need to stop. Like we cannot stand here or sit here and talk so badly of ourselves. Like, like we're just like almost manifesting it for yeah. ourselves. Like how, how about we just like, cause we hype each other up. So right. I'll be like, damn, you look good. And she's like, no, I don't like this, that. And it's like, we mm-hmm. do it to ourselves and we're like, so self like uh what is it defamation um words yeah <laughs> and words. and i feel like having a support system around you that reminds you like mm-hmm. hey you're in your head right now that like be nice to yourself is like a reminder all of us need yeah because we're just way harsher and meaner to ourselves mm-hmm. than ever like i would never say the stuff to maddie that i say to myself because never i right. don't see maddie that way yeah. because i just see how amazing her aura is her personality what she does for people like and then that's just who she is like then let's talk about her body her (laughs) her legs her glutes like all like these things like the physical and we're so harsh on ourselves all we see it's like sometimes we put on like a lens and all we see through that lens is every little thing that can possibly be wrong Mm -hmm. so if you have those friends to be like yo shut up like you looking great sometimes you need that and i never had those friends yeah it took me until like a year or two ago of having julia and like the other girls we've met in our life to have people like that i was like always alone and then you're just consumed by those thoughts because you Mm -hmm. have no one pulling you out so like again like i know a lot of people listening probably also don't have those support groups and like finding those communities Mm -hmm. is so helpful like that that can be a great tool from social media is even like facebook groups like i know i know we forget that like that's a thing but like just having support groups in general all of my friends were on social media from like i don't know like 13 to like 17 it was like literally finding other girls my age ish also getting into competing like that was my support group and like now to have it in person is great but i know it's hard right it's hard for a lot of people and i think the fact that you sat everybody down and was like, we got to stop is so, is mm-hmm. so meaningful because the way that we talk about ourselves sets the tone. Like you think back to the movie Mean Girls, you know, where they're yes. in the bedroom, mm-hmm. they're looking through the mirror, telling each other like, oh, this is my insecurity. Like oh that's not God. how they're saying it, but they're like, my legs are fat or my teeth suck. We're like putting that out to each other that it's okay that we talk about each other, like talk about ourselves this mm-hmm. way when it mm-hmm. should be the opposite. Like you were trying to creative like this is not what we do we do not do that because if we talk about that then that's what we think about ourselves Mm -hmm. um are there any other um things that you guys do like that um in our podcast together i was talking about red flags that i have with my partner and my friends of like hey if you see this in me (laughs) please please have a conversation Mm -hmm. um is there anything that you guys have with each other or your other friends when whether the off season or otherwise julia checks on me a lot because i'm i'm not good at speaking my mind sometimes i'm just really like i don't think i have strong opinions about most things so i'm never like super definitive so she'll just double check with almost everything you do we do is like do you really want to do this like on the way to the gym yesterday she was like do you actually want to work out or are you just like going to this gym because you think i want to work out like just like yeah she just like straight up yeah because i know like kendall i'll suck it up (laughs) is 
like she she would just like let people walk all over her. Mm-hmm. But now she's I'm working like, on that. Fuck no. Like she has Good. more say. So like as her friend, I just want to be there for her and be like, yo, you can tell me to my face that you don't want to go. And I'll, I'll be like, yo, let's not go. And she was like, no, I do want to go. And I was like, all right, we're going. <laughs> we're and going. We had the best and we had a time. great workout. So just like double checking, like with those types of things that we need, like, I don't really have any of these like code words with Kendall quite yet, but I have them with my boyfriend because like we spend literally just all the time together and we call them code, re- code orange and code blue. Mm, so his favorite color is blue. My, my favorite color is orange. And this can just be a way for you to vocalize something that's going on mm. without having to say completely what it is. So the person, okay, let me give you some space. Or for me, I'm a, I need space person. Yes. So when I say uh, code orange to my boyfriend, he knows, okay, I, you're going through something give her some space. I'll come back to you later and we can talk about it for him. He's the opposite. He needs to dig through it, figure out the reason right there. And I need to be there petting him while he does it. Mm. So he'll be like code blue. And I'm like, all right, I'm here. It that's means amazing. Drop everything. Focus. What do you need? So like, that's a good thing that you can have with your friends so and your important. mom. Yeah. I think too, like with your mom, like for me, I have a hard time like telling my mom, like when I'm going through something, I'll just kind of be distant and I need to do that with my mom, like code orange. I'll come back when I'm when I'm ready. So that's a quick way to say that something's going on without having to say everything that's going on. But eventually, if there's someone that you care about, come back to them. Right. Mm-hmm. When you're ready, you know, <laughs> I think you have to teach people how you want to be treated too. like you right. guys clearly have like yes. two different like coping mechanisms if you're going and i had to do that to him because he was like let's fix it right now and Mm -hmm. i was like give me fucking space yeah and i had to sit him down and be like this is what i need i know what you need so i'm gonna be there for you what with how you like to cope with your feelings you need to be there for me for how i like to cope with my feelings but i promise you I will come back to you. I'm not just going to ghost you right. <laughs> yeah. forever. Well, I think that means that you are being incredibly honest with yourself about mm-hmm. how you feel because it's hard to say that. It's hard to say code orange of like, yes. this is the point I'm at and I have to tell you, I'm not mm-hmm. just going to like push this feeling down. I'm yeah. being honest that this is a problem. I'm just not ready to talk about it yet. Mm-hmm. Have you always felt like you've been able to have that honesty with yourself? No, only till relatively recently i would say when i met my boyfriend zach he weirdly enough was the one that made me way nicer than i am right now i wasn't very nice i was very like harsh Mm. because like i grew up like a woman in a male dominant sport so it was like i kind of had to be like way Mm -hmm. cutthroat and a little bit tougher and like feelings didn't really matter so i took that to heart and like that became my personality that became who i was my family would joke all the time that like i literally have no heart and i was like the grinch and like they still do that now as like a joke but i'm way more receptive i'm way more understanding way more empathetic and i listen more and yeah zach helped me become more empathetic in that kind of reason like and tell me like it's okay to tell me how you're feeling feelings aren't icky because to me feelings are gross or gross or gross i don't like them but now i understand the value that this has as far as having like better connections with friends better connections with your partner literally just speaking what you're thinking instead of hiding it all in so it's really hard for me really fucking hard like monday i was telling Kendall and you this that I literally was just like falling into a deep deep pit and I literally did nothing all day Monday I laid on the couch from 10 a.m. till 9 p.m. and I cried like periodically throughout the day and my boyfriend was working and he come and check on me here and there and at the end of the night I did not want to tell him what was wrong he had to like pry it out of me but he knows me well enough how to do it Mm. instead of being like what's wrong tell me what's wrong over and over he'll ask questions like okay well how did, what, what, what thought made you sad today? Mm. You know, like, oh, oh, is it, is it your business? Is it something that's in your business that's making you sad? Like, you know, ask little probing questions mm-hmm. instead of like, tell me now what's wrong, what's wrong. I need to know. Cause I don't, yeah. sh- I will say like, I admire, down. I admire Zach for his like emotional oh. maturity and intelligence. Like wow. even I've had like, he was my bodybuilding coach. Um, huh. that's like kind of how we like got close, close as friends. Um, but where was I going with that? Oh, just like few conversations I'll have even with passing in passing with him are like you always take something away from the conversation with him. Wow. Like he's very good at, at elaborating on emotional health and like 
and getting it out of you as well. Yeah. And I think also having it come from a man mm-hmm. because m- it Most was. Most men are scary. It was. Yeah. Feelings yeah. About. <laughs> I like, I, I took on a hyper masculine personality from what I did in high school with wrestling. So having a really emotional man mm-hmm. tell me it's okay to have these, I think like really helped me really yeah. quickly. Yeah. And it seems like the things that you struggled with that he helped you build upon kind of became your power and your friendship, like in your, in your friend groups of like, they know you for being this person to stand up for how you feel, mm-hmm. how the way you talk to yourself. I think that's so interesting that you were able to flip that and be like, this is so important to me that mm-hmm. I want to put that on other people and help them become that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I know I'm like fucking, I know how hard it was for me to like pull anything out of me. And if anyone's feeling like a fourth of what I'm feeling, trust me, I know it's, it's not easy to say, fuck, I'm struggling. It's yeah. hard. I've always been the opposite because I know this like conversation started with you asking like, was it hard to get there? I've always been super open and talking about my feelings, emotions. I don't know where it came from. I would just overshare all the time to everyone I met. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hi, I'm Kendall. So I deal with depression and like <laughs> I would just <laughs> my fully, tagline yeah, too. like I'll fully pour everything on that line to like anyone willing to listen. That's always how I've been. But for me, the issue is it was never perceived. It was never received well. It was always like, this big taboo, especially in my family who like, quote unquote, didn't believe in mental health issues. Mm. Um, And I was even telling you just like a little mini story. Like my mom, I used to go to her. um, She's like my best friend, but she used to not be. Um, And I was having panic attacks for the first time ever through middle school. I had like two or three and I would go to her and she would, she would do that thing. And so it's all in your head. You're fine. Mm. Like would never dig deeper, would never do anything about it. I think they took me to one therapy session and then we never went back. So like, I I don't even know what happened there. I was, I was so young. Um, So she, but recently I had a panic attack last week in a target and I was like, Oh, I'm going to call my mom. Cause I was fully freaking out in wow. the middle of target. Like couldn't move, couldn't leave. Um, and I called her and she was the one that talked me down. So like mm-hmm. to have her also go on that journey with me and like, I've taught her a lot about mental health and like for her to be so like receptive enough to then teach me in a moment where I, I needed it. Like that was huge for me. And that like, I, I've, I love her obviously with my whole heart, but that like really proved something to me of like, wow, she's changed just cause she's watched me struggle my whole life. Like she's finally like done some research and knew how to talk me down from this panic attack and like stayed on the phone with me for a full hour and like was talking to me about like little things that she knew would help. And like, mm. I feel like it just blew my mind because in the past she would have never done that. Cause I would still come to her and she wouldn't be receptive. And like, same thing with relationships. I was telling Julia as fucked up as it is. I've had two partners in my life um, and things with me because I'm too depressed quote unquote, Mm. for the people just listening. Um, And that made me feel broken because I was like, at the core, I'm a happy person. I deal with depression. I deal with anxiety. I deal with these things and they they ebb and flow and they're not always there. But like when they come, it's important to have people around you who know how to help or at least just be there, like Mm. not to not think you're crazy. So I was always kind of like grasping at straws, trying to share with anyone who was willing to like listen (laughs) and like, no, yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm dealing with this and nobody is helping and nobody cares. And like that often is only fabricated in our brain. Sometimes most of the time people do care and we just don't see it because if you're in a depression, it's it's really hard to see. Um, But I was just constantly oversharing until I found friends that like are like, hey, I see you. (laughs) They're like, I see you and I'm here for you. And like, I was like, damn, like, that's what love is. Like, that's what friendship is. Like, that's what I think I seek intentionally or unintentionally. The people in my circle are all on the same wavelength. Like we sat down for sushi with one of our friends last night and we ended up sitting there for like an hour talking about mental health. And it was like, all have I ever done that in my life? (laughs) It was all proactive. Like I just, um, I think, Erica, who was our friend, she asked me like a question prompting on like suicidal thoughts because I had brought it up in a podcast and she was just curious and she was like, only if you're comfortable sharing. And then we ended up diving deep and like I always walk away from those talks feeling amazing because I'm like, Mm. wow, like not only am I so grateful for my friends and like have the support system that I was looking for my whole life, but also Mm. like to have people who also go through similar things in similar fields and like it just it just feels good. So I feel like sometimes if you're listening and you you do feel like lost depressed whatever it is and you feel like you don't have anyone like don't give up that hope either like you do have to find that within yourself but also like don't just assume everyone's a bad person just because a few people haven't been receptive to your mental health journey and most of the time these few know that was such a tangent oh my gosh (laughs) it was it was necessary it Mm -hmm. was necessary and 
it's it's hard because you're right. The few people that might not respond to you the way that you expect them to respond to you, like we always talk about in our podcast, it's you holding up a mirror to their face and saying, mm -hmm. hey, do you th see me? Yeah. Do you see? But this we is take you. it to heart. You yeah. are me. I am you. We're both having a human experience. Yeah. So it's scary. Like if I go up to Maddie and I'm like, Maddie, I'm depressed. Like I'm going through this and that. But Maddie's not ready to deal with the fact that she's going through that too. Ooh, we're going to shut down, shut yeah. down. Yeah. I did that a lot. I shut down people that were so in tune with their emotions and was like, nah, they're too much. I, I, I labeled them as too yeah. much. Mm -hmm. But really, I wasn't ready to accept the fact that, oh, I got some shit that I need to deal with myself that I don't think I'm ready to deal with. And they're showing me, hey, look in the mirror. You got this too. Wow. And I think it's, it's so interesting that um, the both of you kind of mentioned being tomboys and having a very strong masculine side mm -hmm. and obviously coming to bodybuilding that's really different but also this deep genuine element that you're bringing to your female friendships seems so incredible but very probably challenging from that tomboy or masculine side that you used to have because that is like feminine energy mm -hmm. so did you guys find that difficult to bring to female friendships I know you said that it, it's new for you to have yeah. these friendships you didn't really say that but maybe it is new for you oh, to yeah. have these big female friendships. So what do you feel like changed in you or in the group to be able to have that genuine connection? Being more connected to my feminine. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I agreed with that. I was so hyper masculine. And I think that our society needs to have a balance of the feminine and the masculine. Mm -hmm. And I was so far on the masculine that it cut me off to having any female friends mm. at all. And yep. it also cut me off yeah. to feeling the way that I was feeling and being okay with that. So once I started dipping my toe a little bit more in the feminine, that's when I started connecting more with people because our world runs on masculine. It runs on business. It runs on numbers. It runs on logic. But mm -hmm. the way that we connect with other humans is the divine feminine. Yes. And we're straying so far away from that. And that's why we're all so disconnected. And I have a hard time doing this. Trust me, I'm still learning. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I wanted to do this episode mainly on training, but I we think, went. Yeah, we I went. think <laughs> this is so much more important. Um, finding that like divine feminine within myself is something that has been a big theme for me this year. Um, I don't know if you saw, but the rebirth day photo shoot I did was, oh, it, I like amazing. wanted to dress like a goddess. I wanted to represent that. I need to that. look it up. It, it was, it was so hard right now. I want to look so bad. She's wearing like to. wings. Oh, yeah, I, wings I must have seen it. Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to embrace and put a stamp on this year is like me embracing the feminine and being okay with that. Because mm -hmm. from powerlifting and the world I grew up in, feminine was weakness. It was like, you know, 100%. and it's that whole pick me energy of like the, the Taylor Swift song. She wears shorts. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, fuck her. And you're like, why is that the lyric? Yes. Why does that matter? Like, mm -hmm. we can both be equal. What We're not fighting. What I was fighting. gonna say is I, I was always that girl that was like, oh, I don't like girls. Yeah. Like, I, I, There's too much. Yeah. No, like, I was literally mm -hmm. like, I don't like girls, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like the girliest I've ever been. For I mean, me, I always just, had it in me. It was just get, letting mm -hmm. it out. I'm feeling okay because my mom's very, very masculine and in business and in the way she dresses, she never really did like her makeup until I started doing my makeup and teaching her. So it was mm. like my, and I have three older brothers. So it was just like a lot of masculine energy in our house growing up. Um, and I felt mm. like I had to be tough. Also being from New York, like have that tough outer yeah. layer. Um, and finally almost giving myself permission of like, Hey, you can be like soft and feminine and like, like embrace that side of yourself has been important. Yeah. How did you get there? Me, I think that the the hyper masculinity came from wrestling and I was also like my brother's younger brother. He mm. did he had two sisters and we were wrestling captains together. So he's the reason why I got into wrestling and one of the biggest reasons why I am where I am today. So I looked up to my older brother so much. I just wanted to please him. I wanted him to think I was cool. I didn't want to like embarrass him. So I took on even more of a hyper-masculine personality and I wanted to be just the best of the best. And I ended up becoming co-captains with him, going to state and being very good at what I did, but at what cost? Mm. I had no girlfriends. I didn't know how to connect emotionally. Didn't know how to expect, uh, express the way that I was feeling in a productive way. It helped. I mean, it didn't help. It ruined relationships to the mm. point where it was just a relationship. It was, there was no 
soul connection. And then I was just like, okay, bye. And I didn't even realize how much I hurt that person because feelings are gross. Like, ah, fuck it. I broke up with you. Deal with it. And to the point where I realized it so later on that I did that to my ex and was like, damn, that was mean. He didn't do anything wrong. And I just dropped him. Like he didn't mean anything to me because I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. Mm -hmm. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I told Zach, my current boyfriend, I need to go and visit this person and I need wow. to apologize. And he was like, okay. Did do you what, do that? Yeah. He goes, do what you need to do. I texted him and I was like, hey, would you like to meet for coffee? And we had coffee like within the next couple of days. And I just sat there and I was like, I just want to apologize. I never gave you a reason why we broke up. I just broke up like it didn't mean anything. I didn't give you an explanation. None of that. And I was like, and I'm working through that right now. And I'm sorry that I did that to you. And it wasn't fair. And he was like the fuck is going on it's really strong of you to do though to like oh to admit that i was an asshole and i was like i was fucked up and i needed help especially when you didn't need to yeah it wasn't changing anything to not go back and do that Mm -hmm. but you felt that it was really important to who you are i owed him that and i was like i wouldn't want to be out there and be what did i do to deserve that yeah Yeah. and i just like no i need to fix this i need to close that and once i did that it was like Do you feel like that's a big part of you embracing that femininity femininity of going back and revisiting those experiences where that masculine side became like a toxic masculine? Where it definitely took over, really just addressing those areas where I, it all kind of started. Like Mm. all of this is kind of conditioning. Like if we're talking about Kendall, you were conditioned to be that way. And it came full circle when your mom called you and was there for you because in a way, our parents are reasons why we are the way that we are. Yeah. So that came from your mom, part of it. You also decided to took it, take it on. It was a choice. Mm-hmm. And then it came full circle to have your mom be there for you in that instance and say, it is okay, I'm here for you. That is healing, yeah. right? Yeah. That yeah, is very, healing very. right there. So it's just it's incredible how it can come full circle that way. But and yeah. I feel like you have to like you have to force change. A yes. lot of the times, um, especially if it's anything mental. And I, I've, like, seen it within Julia. Like, she knows, like, I, I see you actively trying, which I think mm-hmm. is, like, admirable. She came up to me. We were, like, did a photo shoot, and we were at Whole Foods. And she goes to the bathroom, and she comes back, and she does this little stomp. And she goes, and this is how she she says it. She goes, I just want to say that I really appreciate you, and I love you. And, um... If I ever do anything that bothers you, I want you to like be able to tell me. Like that's like how she said it. And that's I was how and I hard I just yeah. Me. Like you could tell that she probably hyped herself up a little on her walk back she, from the bathroom. She looked in the mirror and gave herself a speech. You're gonna you tell Kendall you this. love her. Tell Kendall she's a good friend. Because I am very sensitive and emotional and like I, I that's just always been a part of me. So like I am very much so a love language for me is like uh words of affirmation. So mm. hearing that like means a lot to me, even though like her love language is gift giving. So, like, I know if I got her a gift, which I I, I yeah. should get you a gift. It's gift um, giving <laughs> and, like, acts of service. So, like, yeah. if someone thinks of me and, like, hey, like, I thought of you and I got you a coffee, too. Like, something so yeah. small or, like, I filled up your gas tank. Like, I picked you a flower. It's, like, <laughs> it could be big and it could yeah. be small. But, yeah, it was, it was really hard. And the way that I cope with it is through humor. Like, when mm, things are uncomfortable yeah. and I have to talk That's about feeling, I, I realize that going to that retreat that I'm, like, I, I do something silly. Like I went up to him and was like, um, so like, I really love you. And I was like, this is the only way I can get it out right now, but at least I'm getting it out. Yeah. <laughs> it Baby was steps. still received really well. Yeah. yeah. Just so, you know, so with that, that feminine energy, just cause I think that's so huge. Um, and I feel like that's a big turning point to the women in our world. How would you guys suggest that other women take more steps to embrace that or help Mm. their friends embrace that if they kind of notice that their friend has to take on this more masculine energy to be perceived in any way? I think when we're vulnerable, the people around us feel safe to be vulnerable. So I think just creating the discussion, like when I do open up to people, it's half of the time to get them to open up Mm. because I know that like, I don't know, like I instantly felt more comfortable as fucked up as it is when you tell me about like, the depression and suicidal ideation you had, I was like, wow, I resonate with this girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like now I could tell you anything. Maybe because like connect. Trauma yeah. bonding. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like that, that really is how it is. Like some people just don't realize it can be a discussion and just like mm-hmm. creating that for them or vice versa. Like having someone else pry it out of you, like how Zach is for you. Yeah. It's just like saying those, those little things that 
connects you really quickly. Right. And it's like, oh, it humanizes you. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, Maddie's a human just like I am. Okay, cool. Because, like, I could easily just be like, oh, my God, Maddie has 400-something K. Like, she does this thing. She she competes. Like, and then once we, like, connect, it's like, you forget. Like, <laughs> all of these things don't mean anything. Right. You're the numbers, the bit, like, at the end of the day, like, all we have is ourselves, like, our family, our partners, our friends, our soul. Right. So what can we do to connect with other people? And it's really difficult. And, like, if we're thinking of maybe, like, simpler ways that you can really connect with your feminine is do, like, a pole dancing class. (laughs) That's what I I did. I literally just, my mom just told me I should sign up for Yeah, and nobody in that class I knew. And that helped me with my posing routine so much. And when I do my posing routine, this is when I literally, I tap into the feminine and masculine almost in perfect balance because I'm on stage with the masculine of the muscle Mm -hmm. and the grit and the grind that it took me to get there. But then the other half comes in and I'm in with the feminine with my hair, my makeup, my posing routine, the sensuality within it. It's perfect balance. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in that, I'm like, wow, this is, this is where I should be all the time. I'm in that flow state of the divine feminine, but also the masculine. And that's what brought me to this stage. So that's how I personally like connect with it. Um, also just having like literally like having specific times where I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. My girlfriends and only girlfriends without having the like, you know, sometimes it's nice. Like don't have any of the masculine in there. Yeah. Like, let's just be super, super girly in yeah. this moment. And it's mm-hmm. okay. That's awesome. And that, that femininity, that balance shines through you. Like that's something, and I've said to you before that I've really enjoyed about your posing is that it flows, it's beautiful, but it is sexy. Like Mm -hmm. you, you own that where a lot of our society tells women that they can't be sexy and they should be ashamed of being sexy, but you embrace that energy. And it's just such an experience to watch you pose. And I, I love that you feel that way too. I think that's a big element of it. hundred percent. Like the, if I just went on stage and just posed to pose and didn't have any like feeling and emotion and intention behind it, you wouldn't be feeling the way that you right. feel about mm-hmm. my posing routine now. Like I want you to feel a certain way like when you oozes see me out of you. pose on stage. And I know when I'm in that state and I know when I'm not. Mm. So I, uh, I want to touch back on what you said about embracing that divine feminine and having those conversations with the people in your life about how you said it, it humanizes you. Um, you posted something on social media a while ago about how you hadn't trained in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was very humanizing of you. Um, It was also very refreshing to see something like that. And, you know, probably for the first time for me Mm -hmm. where I saw a good competitor say that, yeah, it's okay. I can take time off. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with somebody two days ago where they're like, I've been training for like 15 plus years and I've never taken more than a week off. And I'm like, now thinking of what you said, I look at that conversation and I'm like, I feel bad for you. I hope that you get the, you feel that grace to be able to take yeah. more time it's off. It's like or give something. yourself the permission. Like yes. just give yourself permission. Easier said than done mm-hmm. to do that too. <gasps> when you're like so conditioned literally. to do it so often. And it sounds like in your guys' relationships and in your friend group, you guys are able to give each other permission for those things. Has that always been um, really natural for like the group that you have? I would say, yeah, for us, yeah, definitely. But all of us kind of, I think me and Kendall mainly come from a more place of like, it is a little bit, it is a little bit harder, like to get out of that masculine, but it is almost like an expectation of our friends. Also of our our friend group, we are the only two like currently competing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that too is kind of like, it's a little more extreme than Mm. our friends who just lift because they love it. So they give themselves, I actually feel like that's helped us. They give themselves more permission to take breaks or to try different things and not be a hundred. And I feel Mm -hmm. like us being around that and being like, oh, we don't have to be bodybuilders 24 hours of the day. It's okay to not be perfect. Yeah. Wait, what? Who would have thought? They helped us a lot. Like Gabby, especially who are, um, she, she's never competed and she's always had a very healthy relationship with food and like just being around her. She never had to say anything to me. I never had to say anything to her. Just being around her and watching her go like, oh, well, we're about to lift. Of course, I'm going to like eat this big meal. And like mm. me, who was being so restrictive was like, 
Oh yeah, that's over like carbs are no carbs. Food for you. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> yo, I can eat these things. Like that's normal and healthy, and that's what balance looks like. I think just like having people around you, or even like even someone watching this, viewing us, just having an example of what balance is, is like super yeah. important. Like right now on this podcast, like we're giving you permission to take a break. We're giving you a permission to push. We're giving you permission to eat, to not eat. Like just if we're giving it, like give yourself the permission right. to choose what's best for you, not because someone says it, not because you think this is what has to be done. You have to look this way. You have to act this way. You have to speak this way. Do what's true to you, and I'm telling you, you'll be so much happier mm -hmm. because it is a bitch to walk around fucking pretending to be something you're not. Yes. Yeah, and I think even to add on to that, permission to drop people that don't make you feel that way. Oh, I've done that plenty of times. Amen. Permission <laughs> to create conversations to get to that point with another woman yeah. because maybe she felt like you've had to compete this whole time or that you couldn't genuinely be friends. Mm -hmm. Permission mm -hmm. to say fuck any anything that makes me not feel powerful or doesn't enable me to advance to this kind yeah. of emotional maturity because I, I really admire that about you guys. I um I've recently made friends with a woman where it's it's just so natural it's so it flows we like immediately can get into very deep conversations it's very supportive and hyping mm -hmm. up and I look at that relationship now and I look at my other friendships and I'm like it should never be less than this if yeah. I'm giving it's, myself it's such a baseline yeah. yeah I think it's so cool that you do that and even on top of that that you guys have a podcast where that shines through where you're like we're really good friends and we're vulnerable. Like we, we support each other. We give each other confidence, but we, we don't take any shit. We don't let the other person give each other any mm -hmm. shit. I think that's, that's huge. And yes. that's kind of a revol revolution. Yeah. Revolution in the feminine side of fitness because it has been competitive, especially yes. in bodybuilding. We're competing against each other and you're like, Oh, well, what's your competitor? What's your competition doing today? Get in the gym. And yeah. you're like, well, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I just want to commend you guys for creating that kind of environment, whether you. in person or, you know, through YouTube or podcasts, yeah. that's, that's life changing to know that your friends can love you in a very genuine, supportive and feminine way. Yeah. yeah. What's most personal is most universal. Mm-hmm. Like these things that we're feeling shame or feeling guilt about or what connects us to all other humans. Like the first time that I actually connected with my audience was when I came out about my binge eating. Mm -hmm. I had so many DMs about like, oh my God, bro, me too. I have the, when people come up to me, like the most thing that they say, it doesn't have to do with my body. It mm. doesn't have to do with my followers. It has to do with something that yes. I shared that's embarrassing to me that they connected with. I wow. had some random guy at Alphaland was like, you told me you struggled with body dysmorphia and it made me feel like I had permission that like, oh shit, like other people do too. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to stand for this. Wow. So Especially vulnerability is our power. Like it really is. And it's fucking hard. I know. Yeah. And gross and icky sometimes, it is but icky. necessary. I was going to say like, you guys are both very in the public eye and have been doing social media a long time. And like, I'm sure so many people idolize you guys as they should, but like a lot of people that people idolize never share the imperfections. They never talk about the mental health. They never talk about any of the negatives. So then people just have this, this unrealistic expectation, which like, I think for a lot of people think it's physical. It's also mental. Like to hear you guys say like who are the best in the business that you also deal with like needing breaks from the gym, needing mental health breaks, having struggles with relationships or friendships. Like just hearing that helps so many people. And I think that's like so important and we need more of that. Bro. Amen. Claps, snaps all around, <laughs> Kendall. <laughs> um, Julia, I know that we, you guys have some other things. I don't know what time it is, but... Uh, before we kind of finish things off, I wanted you to kind of talk about um, the support group that you have because mm. I think a lot of people can benefit from that. Yeah. So I have a free binge eating support group and I do weekly Zoom calls where we just connect. We talk about a topic. Sometimes it has to do with binge eating. Sometimes it has to do with like more on the mental health side. Sometimes it has to do with fitness, but all of it's just how can you be more fit in all aspects of your life, physically, spiritually, mentally? And it's just a group of all women where you can come together and be your most vulnerable and share because everyone in the group has most likely been through what you've been through. So it's a safe space and, you know, it's moderated and it, you could just be vulnerable. Like everyone, 
I barely have to be in it because they're all connecting with each other. Like, oh, that happened to me. I have done that. It's amazing. So, so many people have been healing through that just because they've had a space to open up to. And like Kendall was saying, like, you can find, like, these women have been friends and they found each other from all over the world. And it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, if you guys are looking for something like that, I am on Zoom with them every single week talking about a topic and it's just a safe space. So how can people listening uh, join this group of yours? So if you follow me on Instagram, it's underscore Julia Renee. Renee is with one E. The link in my bio, you can find almost everything I do. The Know Your Power Journal, the binge eating support groups, you know, coaching, anything that we do, the po- our podcast, all the things. All the things. Julia also has an awesome YouTube channel. Oh yeah, I have that too. Kendall, <laughs> um, how can people find you? I'm mostly just on Instagram and TikTok working on the whole YouTube thing. She's going to do it. I'm <laughs> universally um, Kendall G Fitness on everything. Awesome. Universally. Yeah. And you can find their podcast uh, and all those links in the description of this episode. But thank you. thank you guys so much for chatting with me. It was so cool to talk heart to heart. It was amazing. Oh, thank you. This thank was you. like a great discussion that I feel like needs to be addressed more. 100%. Yeah. I'm looking forward to podcasting with you guys again because yes. I feel like we could talk for another like five hours. <laughs> Agreed. 100%. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Know Your Power podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend and rate and review the show. Also, if you have any questions that you'd like to be answered on the show, feel free to email us at knowyourpowerpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, bye!